Hey, gorgeous, it's me at ATL right here on The Mo Show. And I have a bit of black excellence in here with me today. Um, His name is Miguel Wilson. Some of you who may not be as into fashion may not know, but this man has been moving and grooving through the back scenes, trying to put us, and by us, I do mean the black and the browns, on a whole new pedestal. How you doing, Miguel? I'm doing wonderful. How are you doing, man? I am doing awesome, man. Thanks for having me. No, thank you for coming. I mean, obviously, it worked out in a weird way, but you're here. <laughs> we won't tell hey, the backstory hey, look, look, of how that's, we met. That, that's how God works. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the real reason that you have a super dope um, fashion and polo classic here in Atlanta every year. Yes, yes. Bentley Atlanta has been our sponsors every year. And let me tell you guys, it sounds lavish, but if you understand the reason why this classic is being put together, you truly understand what we mean when we say we are trying to take us somewhere. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that? Yeah. So, you know, when I created the, the Fashion Polo Classic, it was because I felt, number one, that uh, I wanted to be exposed our community to polo with our culture in mind, though. Because a lot of times when they do, you, you hear polo events and things of that nature, is usually with more of uh, European culture. Mm-hmm. My, my uh, tagline is where class and culture connect. So we specialize in black businesses. We have, like I said, we serve black-owned spirits. Um, we have our own DJs. We have our own uh, chefs. And we even have black pilots. We have uh, helicopters, so you can fly in on a helicopter to I the party. How did you get to have yeah. a ride, a helicopter you can, you can, ride? Well, you, you, you can come to the party. What? In the helicopter. And I'll tell you something. If you haven't done that before, everybody every, everybody <laughs> needs to at least come to a party on a helicopter at least once. Ooh, child. Okay, we haven't got to the good part yet, y'all. The good part, the reason why my smile is from ear to ear. Did you guys know that, um, and I'm sure you didn't, Miguel Wilson is actually trying to set up some polo teams for uh, a community that we like to call the Boys and Girls Club. Yes, And yes. a lot of us hear this name. A lot of us grew up in some Boys and Girls Club. But if you know about the Boys and Girls Club, you understand that most of the communities they served are extremely underprivileged. Exactly. They don't know nothing about no polo. Yeah, exactly. When they hear polo, they think of uh, your boy, um, what's, what's the polo man? What's Ralph his Lauren, name? maybe. Come T-shirt. on. Yeah. And I wasn't even going to go with Ralph Lauren. I was going to go with um, T.I.'s friend. Yeah. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? polo Don. <laughs> Child, they don't even think about that. Right, exactly. So um, I was fortunate enough to grow up in Washington, D.C. And, and got exposed to horses as a kid. That exposure changed my life. Mm. Just I remember just going and the ride out to the to the farm was uh, de-stressing for me, coming from a community that was very rough and challenging. So going out to that farm, like, really just gave me something to look forward to every week. So I understand what kids growing up in certain communities live with every day and also understand the power of being exposed to something that can change you forever. Because once you see something, once you do something, yes. you can never unsee it Mm-mm. or undo it. And so, that's why they often call them a product of their environment because that's all they see around. Exactly. So the exposure is also to the people. you got to realize in the polo community, it's a lot of wealth. As you can imagine, uh, it's called the uh, the king's sport for a reason. But the ability to have kids go out and ride changes them. But to meet the people, because these people don't go to the hood. So we're going to take the kids to Come where on. they are at the farms. So that whole opportunity, you know, we, we created and funded the first uh, black college polo team at Morehouse. It's the, only, the first and only wow. team accredited by the United States Polo Association. 
And uh, our foundation, Rocha Olympics, uh, was co-founders for that uh, for that team. Surprisingly, after all these years, there, there had never been a polo team. And quite frankly, when we endeavored to do it, I didn't realize that we were embarking on something for the first time. It was my motivation for doing it was to have college-age black men that could mentor the younger kids we bring through the program so that they could look up to kids in college and see that. So so you so you always thought about the Boys and Girls Club when you were thinking about I've always club. thought about the kids and just the Boys and Girls Club. You know, I, I, I had experience working for them and while I was in college. I worked for the girls' clubs, and I was just so uh, impacted by that experience. Probably one of the most rewarding jobs I've ever had. Truly. Uh, I felt like I was really making a difference in a lot of kids' lives. And so it was just natural for me to go back to them and try to do something with the kids that um, you know I had a relationship with. Mm. Um, well, not them particularly, but that organization. So tell me about growing up in D.C. How how was your life like when you were younger? Um, you know, I grew up in Washington when it was Chocolate City. Okay, so, I heard about Chocolate so, City. So when it called it Chocolate City, let me give you an example. <laughs> I didn't know a white person. In all of D.C.? No, I, I grew up with that. I didn't know anybody outside of black culture. I didn't know, wow. didn't know of any um, other nationalities. We were just black. <laughs> it was Chocolate wow. City. Exactly. When I grew up in Washington, it was like that. And um, it was it was it was rough. It was um, you know kind of like being in the jungle, if you will. Aww, but that's the environment a lot of young men grew up in today, and that's mm-hmm. the problem I see is that we grew up in these environments and we have to uh, operate as if we live in the jungle, and then we get brought into the civilization Society, and, right? and then expect <laughs> then expected to act differently. So and we're in survival yes, mode. Yes, you're time. in survival mode. Yeah, exactly. The things you got to do to survive in those environments are very different than the expectation of people who operate in civilized worlds. So, And now you look like the epitome of what civilization looks like. Right, right. Thank God. But, you know, it was just, I, I credit a lot of people and, and the opportunity exposure to being shown something very different than everybody else in my neighborhood. So a lot of guys didn't make it because of that lack of exposure. So I just think that um, if we can get kids between 8 and 18 and, and give them an opportunity, show them something different, who knows? I mean, some may may go on to become veterinarians. Some may decide to be professional. Let me tell you something. Everybody can't play basketball and football in the hood. Come on. So think about this for a second. How many potentially potential professional polo players are there in our hoods? Nobody would have thought we had professional golfers tennis until Tiger players. Woods came. And tennis players. Yeah, Come on. yeah, exactly. So we, you know, it's, it's all a matter of exposure and opportunity. So once we give our community that exposure and opportunity, you will see greatness arise so i think you know that's probably one of the sexiest games you can be a professional in i mean you the, on, the, playing, on the being horse in a, a polo oh my god you, <laughs> you let me tell you something if you if you're a professional polo player chances are you're playing with prince charles uh because you called it the king sport yeah, right so, so yeah exactly so it's a, it's a global sport like i've been i was invited to play um with the uh south african team so. if i was invited over to play uh in the african open and um they just found me because I was playing polo here, you know, and so it's such a unique, rare thing Were for us to do. Were you the only black on black man on the field? Like, who exposed you, and how did that journey take you? So, riding horses created the um, interest in polo. I was always intrigued by the game, and I one day I just said, you know, I was a grown man at this point. I said, you know, I'm going to try polo, and I just took some polo lessons. Really? Yeah, I just went and called a local barn and took some lessons and. And then it just kind of 
went from there, you know, I really started like it was such a challenging sport and so difficult that, you know, but I hate feeling like I'm let something conquer me. I wasn't going to let the sport beat me. So I wanted, I was determined to become (laughs) good at it. I'm still not good, (laughs) but I'm still determined to be good. (laughs) But somebody thought you was good if South Africa calling you. Well, you know, they called to invite uh, me and the the Morehouse team to come over and play. And this was right before COVID. So the COVID situation killed that opportunity. But I've been in communications with them and and definitely we probably get out over there and play. So the thing is, it's big and all around the world. And, you know, not so big in the States per se, but you can find polo in most, most major cities. And some people, the ignorance, it takes us over. But mm-hmm. when we think Africa, we don't think about no polo. Yeah. We don't think about riding horses and hitting the ball on the ground. That seems like a rich man's sport. Yes, but you understand they in Africa are more globally minded. So their exposure to things can be a lot more than ours uh, here in the States. So. They get they get to see things and they travel and they you know if you go to Europe, a lot of polo play over there. So and then South America is huge. It is it's huge. Argentina is the number one country for polo. Is it? Yeah. So you got the top players in the world. Right yeah. in our downstairs in our basement. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so you know I, th- I just think that you know we got some kids out there that if they develop the passion for the game, who could go on and become professional players. And you don't have to become a professional to be exposed and, and for your life to be changed. It's just the fact that you now understand this. If you play the most difficult game ever and you'll get a confidence level to do any and everything mm. else, there's nothing you can, can't can do at that point. That's reach for the clouds and fall in the, the stars. I like that. If you Exactly. So we we taking them to the most unthinkable level of sport, access to something that is – unthinkable and then now that now when this is done it's like okay well there's nothing else and in and, and the conversation that these kids can have from that point forward is very different with everyone and the conversation is one of intrigue and excitement and and confidence at this point too so you you develop a confidence level that you know i, I can i can do a lot of things now absolutely mm-hmm. and honestly i want to talk about you and atlanta culture you mentioned to me that you were from dc right mm-hmm. But here in Atlanta, you have a name that makes even the less younger boys and more of the young men look to aspire. You know, a lot of us, we didn't come from what we want to be. You know, we come from our environment and we hope to be able to be in a position such as yourself wearing a fine suit and with a fine young woman next to you. And we say, (laughs) how can we do that? Or they're saying, how can I become that? You have shaped the excellence here in our city and a lot of men want to get close to you in order so that they can also feel excellent. Mm-hmm. And even when it comes to your fashion and your, um, your fashion weekend, we'll call it a whole weekend. Mm-hmm. Do you often get approached by mentees, men trying to get mentored by you? Yes, quite often. And I'm always eager to uh, assist and help younger, particularly designers. You know, I'm a fashion designer by trade. And, you know, I've been blessed to, you know, it's one of the most difficult industries to really break in, particularly as a, as a black designer. I can imagine. But uh, some great things have been happening in fashion. I'm seeing a shift of where people are starting to look for black brands to wear. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to, uh, you know, do um, a lot of big weddings, one of which was for 2 chains. I did his clothes for his wedding. And then recently he 
actually did a verse on me in one of his most recent songs. Oh, he said your name? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, Southside Hove. He says, uh, hey. got the suit from Miguel. You know it fit me well. Hey, yeah. that the line? That's the line. <laughs> that's the line. You hear? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, to think that, you know, here's a guy of his stature doing something for a black designer, that's unheard of. And I'm thinking that I'm seeing a change, a shift in culture where we are starting to value um, luxury. And this is the whole idea for me. You know, the, our community is, just think about this historically. Uh, you know, when it comes to T-shirts, we're fine with giving black designers the $5 T-shirt money. But when it comes to the $300, $400, we're going to give it to Gucci. And I, I, the money doesn't besides, leave our hands as quickly for right, some reason. For, the, for us. So what I'm seeing, though, and this is why I did, I'm doing this luxury event specializing in black businesses so that people can see that we are capable of doing something on a luxurious level mm. with our culture. We don't have to conform. You know, our music is good enough. Our food is good enough. The way we dress is good enough. We are good enough for each other. And it, it's done in a luxurious way. It's not something that we always think of ourselves and think, okay, Ratchet. It's black, so it's got to be. Why? Why are blacks associated with ratchetness? And why do we associate ourselves with ratchetness? Well, I'm saying that, that I see a shift, and this is, this is what happens. I think that we have to experience excellence amongst each other to understand it exists. Mm. So when you come to the Atlanta Fashion Apollo Classic and you see people landing in helicopters mm-hmm. and you see Bentleys picking them up and you see the food and you're drinking spirits created by black brands and you taste the food and you listen to the music, you can't help but be changed and think of us differently. Absolutely. So that's this is the whole thought process I've had about just as a fashion designer, you know, I'm in Phipps Plaza, which one of the few black designers in Phipps. I have stores in New York, D.C., and Miami. And all of them in very nice upscale uh, locations, environments. So I cater to luxury and guys who want something phenomenal. The thing is, we need to have an expectation of now I need to seek out each other to do business with. So this is uh, part of my motivation in doing all this. And that's good because a lot of men, like I said, they're looking to you for that. Mm-hmm. How hard was it for you? I'm sh- obviously, you know, if this culture is being created it wasn't there when you got here Mm -hmm. so how hard was it for you well you know the thing is in fashion you know i went i went through my bumps and bruises i filed bankruptcy 10 years ago had a brand closed it down and in my rebuild thinking through who i wanted to be i knew i wanted to be a well-known fashion designer um and the thing is to do that you have to have a lane in which people will know you for so developing that lane and understanding, okay, uh, what am I doing differently than this out there? So for me, it was creating beautiful uh, wedding attire for men. Oh, you started in wedding designs. That's where 90% of my clients come from today. Oh, wow. Is, I didn't start doing wedding designs. I was in business uh, 20 years before I came up with this concept. I was doing suits for, I did a lot of pastors. I've done, you know, everybody, T.D. Jakes. Jamal Bryan, I've done suits for all of them. I'm talking with guys like that for 20, 25 years ago, I was doing these suits. So the, uh, in, in me realigning myself with who I wanted to be is when I came with the concept that there's a hole uh, that's not being filled in the market for men, 
wanting to look great on their wedding day. Women would spend thousands of dollars on their gowns, <laughs> knowing they're going to wear it one day. <laughs> and this guy would go rent a tuxedo that he could wear every day. You know, he could wear more, you know, for years. But they always in the rent. Yeah, in the rent thing. So the thing is now, you know, there's a culture of guys that want to look phenomenal. They care more. Think about it from this perspective. The wedding is probably the biggest party most guys want to throw. Okay. In their lifetime. Because men don't do that. They don't throw parties. I mean, this is probably one of the biggest parties you want to throw. You're going to spend a lot more money on this party than you will probably any other party. True. You should look like it. Mm-hmm. You should look like it's your party. Okay. And that's one of the things I, I always, the thought process. You don't want other people to come out dressing you for your party. You can't, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's kind of crazy. Well, my husband, um, Greg, he's a scientist, right? Yes. And I'm a radio personality. A, a well-dressed one, my man. That is my point. <laughs> like, he doesn't even have to be as dressed as he is to pretty much anything we right. go to or anything. Right. He's just always on point. on point. And that's the culture I mm-hmm. think you're referring to. Mm-hmm. And I feel like instead of even getting dressed for an event, he and his group of friends, they're trying to make it a everyday thing. Mm-hmm. When we go out, this is how we are going to present ourselves. Right. This is who we want to be looked at and perceived upon. Right. You know, I met your husband when I did Bryce Simmons' wedding. You don't say that name on this. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. When you did the other guys. I'm sorry. I did the guys' wedding. Okay. So anyway, I did it. Did it and I, I noticed how sharp he was. I said, man, you know, I would love for you to model for me. And he just looked. And he's he had not looked. even anything. I, yeah, exactly. So I, I, I've often... Um, seeing guys who on the street that I thought could wear my brand well and made them into models. How does that make you feel, allowing yourself to put someone on a a pedestal or a platform? It's great because, you know, I'm giving guys opportunities they otherwise wouldn't have. Absolutely. And so that's a lot of fun. And, think, you know, the thing is the appreciation they have, the love the guys will show you that, you know. And and right now it's it's a lot of men that uh, and women who I've, you know, being able to use my platform to assist. This this Polo Classic situation is a prime example. We have three fashion shows, um, and we feature many designers that, and giving them a platform where you have a Bentley as a sponsor, you have Polo cars as that they've never been even able to get into. Right, well, you can get them in there because we, we we use it for <laughs> shuttle service. So people drive around, yeah. So it, it's 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 beautiful, man, to be able to. You know, even with the with the black spirits, you know, they're unheard of. And finally, now you're in a luxurious environment where people can taste and see how excellent you really are. And I tell people all the time, these are brands you need to have at home on your show. Period. If you right. going to have this Heineken, if you're going to have this Douce or whatever, I don't drink, side right. note. But if you're going to have all these guys, and even down to the Gucci belts and the coach bags, mm-hmm. we should do that for us. Right. Exactly. But, you know, it's about... For us, we have to seek us out. Unfortunately. So, yeah. So I'm giving us a platform where it's easier mm-hmm. to be sought out, easier for you to be having access and exposure. Mm-hmm. So Polo Classic is a special event, and it's definitely has launched a lot of people's uh, modeling careers, business careers. And I think you're going to see a lot of great, um, taste a lot of good food and, and drinks this year. It's going to be a great network in yeah, that thing, absolutely. too. And I'm excited. So first and foremost, for anybody in the car, maybe you're feeling regular. You know, oh, I'm too regular for that. I'm not luxurious enough for that. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to them? I say you owe it to yourself to experience things. You know, for me personally, uh, that's what it's about. I want to give people an experience. You can go somewhere and do something, but you experiencing something is very different because it affects you 
long term. You you'll remember when you look back at your life and say the highlights of this year. Every year you need to have some type of highlights. Fashion Polo Classic will be a highlight in your year. Something you'll never forget. Uh, most of us have never seen a polo match. Uh, I, I still trying to figure yeah. out. So is it that one or the, what is what is with the horses? Okay, like, I know. I'm but, yeah, but, but, but think about this for a second. My first two years doing this, I was the only black polo player. This year, I have eight, including this young lady right here is going to play You are this not. Are you? Oh, that's scary. So I got my fiance uh, polo lessons now. She's been oh. playing. So we're going to have her debut game at the Polo Classic. <laughs> yeah. 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 Isn't it? yeah. So it's exciting. And I got I have um, several black players flying in from California, from Arizona, from D.C. So you're going to see it everywhere just exposed so i'm so excited about that i'm gonna have a few players from my uh, morehouse team playing I love as well as um i have a girls team a, college, a black college girl team a couple of girls that, that um attend spelman oh, and um yeah they'll be playing what about the clark ladies and the clark men i'm open aren't you a I'm, grad I, I am but i am and i want i want some it's you know the, the thing is it's difficult see a girls college you have girls that roll horses before they have a little bit of everything yeah they, they're more excited about stuff it's hard finding Black males. That's why I really doing the um, the boys and girls club team situation Exposed. is going to be able to lead us to some college level playing kids. Absolutely, because like you said, I'm telling you, one experience can change your whole life. Whatever course you were on, you get one good experience, you're on a whole new path. Mm-hmm. So, um, MiguelWilson.com. That's where we can go ahead. And yeah, you, on my Instagram, Miguel Wilson Collection. Uh, in my bio, you can click on the link for tickets. There, um, we have also a uh, uh, what is it, Fashion and Polo Classic on uh, Instagram as well. We have our own pages there as well, so you can get tickets okay. from there too. Okay, so guys, we're telling you right now, obviously this may not be something that you do every weekend. Mm-hmm. You may have never even wore a custom suit before, right. but we want to elevate us. You know, We want to get us to a whole new space. There's a lot of excellence mm-hmm. in this city. All you got to do is rub the right elbow to be right where you need to be. Um, MiguelWilson.com, um, your Instagram one more time. Miguel Wilson Collection. And I, and I would say this, that it's a party, but it's a party with a great purpose. To have kids, I think, you know, when I have these kids out there playing polo for the first time, it is going to be a phenomenal moment for the city. Mm-hmm. It's going to be incredible. And to think that you had a part in making this happen, you're going to feel great. So I'm just, I'm just excited about the whole thing. And thank you so much for allowing me here today to share a story. No, thank you. Like, for real, what you're doing is going to change the course of our city, and hopefully it trickles down to all of the other cities. Because I'm tired of us not being those guys. Mm-hmm. We're them, we okay, are. you guys? We, we are them. <laughs> so let's make sure we remember that. Of course, Miguel Wilson, thank you so much for coming. Thank you, thank you.